Hello, listeners, and welcome to another movie mastery, one that only 90s kids will understand. Christ. I'm your host, John, as well, the other host, Jeff, right over there. Hello. And uh, this week is an in-theaters week, and boy, did we go see a movie. We saw The Power Rangers. Is it called The Power Rangers? I don't know. It might just be Power Rangers. I think it might just be Power Rangers. Or there may be a colon and some stuff. I forget. <laughs> Power Rangers, colon, the stuff. Yeah, it's, I think that's what it was. It was a mashup of Power Rangers and the horror movie from the 80s, The Stuff. Well, The Stuff would have actually made a decent Power Rangers TV show villain. Yeah, more or less. I mean, granted, it has to, you know, a decent Power Rangers TV show villain has to have like three phases. They have to have the phase where. They're a little thing that, that Rita Repulsa is, or whoever is going to throw to Earth. Then they have to have the walk around and, and talk while in a costume phase while gray-clad dudes attack the Power Rangers. And then they need to be a giant monster for a little while. Well, yeah, because obviously she's going to find a just a bucket of the stuff. The stuff, Which, by the way, if you haven't seen the 80s horror movie, The Stuff, you owe it to yourself to go check it out. It's stupidly good. Yeah, and then so. she's going to throw it to Earth and it'll get kind of big. Uh, and, and then, then it'll be big. Up. And, and I don't know if you know about Mo or why they call him Mo, <laughs> but it's every time they give him some money, he wants Mo. <laughs> this God, that movie is great. Why didn't we watch that instead of Power Rangers? Because <laughs> that's not in theaters. That's true. Was it ever? Uh, I mean, I, mean, I, I want to assume probably it has to have been in theaters because it, it was. It came out in the eighties, and there wasn't really all that much of a video market. No. So all right. So anyway, yeah, we watched the Power Rangers. Yep, and uh, I want to say that it was like, oh, this is a big nostalgia thing, but it was just nothing like the Power Rangers TV show. Well, there were a couple of shots when they finally get into their armor suits where they they do cool freeze frames on the guys standing there like they're the the free, the Force 5 group from like uh, Dragon Ball or whatever. Yeah, you know? the Ginyu. The Ginyu Force, thank you. Doing their like, you know, oh, my hands are extended at silly angles and the screen has stopped. So there were a couple shots like that, but they were very few and far between. Yeah. Mostly it was just verbal cues that you remember. Does, does the robot say, I, I, I? Yes, he does. Hooray. Do, does someone, I'm sorry, wait a minute. I should save this stuff for behind the spoiler content, shouldn't I? <laughs> sorry, folks. I didn't mean to spoil it that Alpha says, I, I, I. Oh, my God. Who would have thought? So, you know, the thing is, this is an exact example of what I'm ta- I've been talking about recently where. It's hard for uh, Hollywood to generate a legitimately so bad it's good movie anymore. Well, like, there's just too many people involved in the process for something to like be a so bad it's good failure. It's either boring or it's okay. The problem I have is they're either shooting for something good, like with this, I feel like they were trying to shoot for an actually decent remake. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it really feels like they were drawing on the Michael Bay Transformers. Yeah, well, that is not a great way to shoot for decent. Well, no, but it's a way to shoot for money. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. So, I I mean, I feel like that's what they were going for with this. But you very rarely have a studio who's like, oh, we put out some shoestring budget film and... We don't really care how it does. If they do that, they do it so they can market it at Cannes and South by Southwest and stuff. And just be like, look at this. We made we made a movie that's all goofy and silly and Jack Black's in it. Oh, my gosh. Is that Jake Gyllenhaal? This movie definitely only cost $50 to make. Look at that crayon-style cartoon intro. 
Well, yeah, but even then, it's we spent a shitload of money to make it look like it was less money to, that we spent on it. Yeah, these days, if you want to see a straight up low budget shit flick, you either have to go into the Z grade horror stuff. Oh yeah, or you have to go into fan films, and fan films are just nothing but you know r- random vi- uh, characters meeting other random characters. Well, yeah, most fan films are like fan fiction, where it's yeah. just like. This is my movie where Spider-Man fights Batman. And you're like, okay. What if Batman met Jason? Uh, I don't know. It might as well just be called, look at my Batman costume. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a lot of it. Is It's like, hey, we found a couple cosplayers and here we go. So that's why we're going to finally do The Predator versus Alexander Hamilton. Uh, the Predator is not going to miss his shot. <laughs> hey, you made a Hamilton joke. I did. That's pretty impressive. Considering I don't like it, yeah. So good. What is wrong with you? Anyway, <laughs> so the Power Rangers is, uh, you know, 90 minutes to two hours of relatively okay nostalgia nonsense where you get to see there are indeed the five Power Rangers and there's Zordon and there's Rita Repulsa and she's got a monster and the monster's name is Goldar. There's the little robot. There you go. And uh, so it's, you know, if you wanted to see the Power Rangers stuff as filtered through the lens of hexagon cloth with little armor plates all over it that is that seems to be the uh the, the new hotness the new hotness of how to give superheroes costumes well here's your opportunity yeah uh, a lot of glowing lights on things and a lot of uh teens acting like adults here you go there it is yeah i i mean no spoilers on this but god i just I wasn't that into it. I'll I'll say that. You know, there were some things about this I legitimately did enjoy, and I'll talk about them. But the things I really enjoyed about it weren't necessarily Power Ranger things. Yeah, it's just like, Power Ranger things. Just, just Power Ranger things. When when you when you yell that you have a power bow at some putties, just <laughs> just Power Ranger things. When you can't tell if your costume was supposed to be samurai or dinosaur inspired. Uh, when a pumpkin starts rapping at you. <laughs> when you've become convinced that a diamond check pattern is badass. Uh, just Power Ranger things. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm i going to go ahead and say my no-spoiler rating for this is you could probably wait until this comes out on DVD. Watch it then. I mean, it's if you're super nostalgic for Power Rangers, yeah. give it a watch on that. Well, but... I mean, would you say there were any spectacle moments <sighs> in the parts of the film with the Zords and the Megazords and the armor and what have you that uh, that you felt were deserving of the spectacle of a big screen? The problem is, the way that I said about like it being Transformers-inspired is that's pretty much how I feel about it, and I don't feel Transformers is good to see on the screen because there's so much dumb shit happening you can't tell what's going on anyway yeah transformers is almost best watched but even the robot parts of transformers films are almost best watched while squinting because there are so many little moving bits and pieces and the transformers don't look like they're robots they just look like they're floating collections of gears and plates yeah that was the problem with transformers and this is anytime something super interesting is happening especially with the zords it's just like Here's a flash cut of something happening, and then we're done. And you're like, ah, I can't tell what's going on. Yeah, like, Optimus Prime does not convincingly look like he can turn back into a truck. No. He looks like he can turn into a CGI blur of moving chunks, which will eventually, you know, be composite shot swapped out for a Mack truck. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what he is, and that's how it is with all the new Transformers, (laughs) and that's how it is with these Zords. When they turn into the Megazord, you cannot piece out the individual little vehicles it used to be no it's just a bunch of stuff yeah it just looks like a giant iron man and that's whatever 
So, yeah, I'd say this is something you could definitely wait for theaters for as well. Or, I'm sorry, wait for uh, the VHS for as well. Yeah, the VHS. Yeah, wait for it on VHS. Try and get this on vinyl if you can. <laughs> vinyl? Yeah, try and get it on vinyl. Try and get a velvet painting of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Instead of what it, you know, if you can get try it. Try to storyboard this movie on velvet. <laughs> now, the best way to properly watch this movie is through Gascon cave paintings. Yeah. If you could do that. Get a Great. sharpened piece of obsidian. <laughs> That's the first thing you're going to want to do is use a rock to chop, to chop a softer rock into a knife. And then stab your eyes out. <laughs> so should we get to the post-spoiler? Yeah, we will be right back with the full spoiler review after this. John, I immediately want to talk about how they did the five teens with attitude part of this movie. That's the first thing I want to talk about. Because back in the old Power Rangers show, and you know, I haven't watched all of them or even any of them, <laughs> but but uh, I'm fairly sure that by five teenagers with attitude, they meant five 25-year-old people with no attitude. Yes. Like just sort of cardboard cutout. Like I, I can sort of remember that there were five people, but other than the blue one being kind of a nerd, I don't think any of them had any personality. Well, you see... Uh, Kimberly was the gymnast cheerleader. Okay, those aren't personalities. <sighs> yeah. Those aren't attitudes. All right, great. As you were. Yeah. Uh, Trini was... The Asian. The the Asian that knew Kung Fu. Okay, again, not an attitude or a personality. Uh, Zach was the black guy that, uh... Zach was, was the black guy? I thought the blue one was the black... Oh, wait, that's right. The black ranger was the black guy in the original. Yeah. It was That's right. That the was, yellow ranger was an Asian. The yeah. black ranger was a black guy, and the pink ranger was girl. Yeah, okay, I'm back to, sp- yeah. I'm up to speed again. So yeah, all right. So in this, they decided to give them all kind of the Breakfast Club treatment. Yeah, all of them were like, "Oh, now we've got attitude." Ugh. Yeah, they they went ahead and cut bulk and skull from this movie because they didn't need them anymore because our main characters are jerks. Yeah, well, I mean, they start jerks. I mean. I wouldn't say they're jerks. I would just say that they're sullen teenagers. Yeah, they're they're extra sullen teenagers. And I think we did at least have Skull in this. I think that's who the bully was. They gave him a last name, and it was, I think you were going to the bathroom when they did, because he, he punches himself unconscious on uh, on one of the Rangers once the Rangers got into superpowers. Yeah. And they go, oh my god, you knocked out Vermansky or something. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not Bulk or Skull. I mean, maybe it was Bulk or Skull's last name, but Lord knows that's too deep of a cut for anyone. Well, no. No one said Bulk or Skull. Yeah, I'm disappointed. Or Moose or Squirrel. I'm just saying. No one said Bulk. No one said Skull. I wanted that. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, So, okay. We we are introduced to Red Ranger... uh, Jason? Jason. Jason? Yeah, Jason first and this and it turns out that jason is the star quarterback of the high school team oh but he's got a pranky streak because he's trying to put a cow in a locker room yeah so in whatever rival school i assume that they are doing this in Mm -hmm. uh the main mascot is a bull and so they're putting a cow in there yeah and there's a there's an extended riff about how one of the three guys trying to put the cat, the uh, well, I guess it's a bull, trying to put this bull into a locker room 
jerked off the bull because he thought he was milking it. Yep. In- including a close-up flashlight shot of a cow penis. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, those are the, those are some things that happened in this movie. So that was I, I think, and that's in like the first three minutes of the film. Yeah. So I guess that's supposed to let you know that uh, you know this is a new breed of Power Rangers. Although you know they also kill off the old breed of Power Rangers in the pre-credit sequence. Oh yeah. Well, you get the like in the Cenozoic era. Yeah, and then they show some Jurassic era animals, and then uh, and then they go ahead and they kill off some aliens that are in ranger costumes. Yeah. And you find out that fucking Zordon was the Red Ranger. Yeah, Zordon used to be a Red Ranger, and he's Brian Cranston in hilarious makeup that, <laughs> that I'm sure he is pleased to have only had to wear for about a minute's worth of work. Oh, yeah. They were like, look, we're just going to shoot this scene, and then you're done with that. And he's like, oh, thank God. Let's just put you in this blue lump prosthetic. You're going to look like you're on Star Trek Voyager for about 10 minutes, and then you just get to do voice acting for the rest of this. Thank God. Yeah. All right, very good. That's just like it was when I was in Power Rangers, the first one. <laughs> Not the Ivan Ooze movie. I was just on the friggin' TV show as a voice. Yay. <laughs> Ryan Cranston, voice on Power Rangers. He voiced Skizak or something like that, a, a kind of snake monster. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, hey, just, you know, in case you wanted to hear about that. You know, some so, backstory. So there you go. Brian Cranston, and he's the Red Ranger, and the Pink Ranger is also there, and she dies. And then he dies, but he calls in the meteor that explodes the dinosaurs to yeah. try and kill Rita Repulsa with it. Which, I don't know how the fuck that happens. He's just like, Alpha, send the, send meteor. the meteor. You're like, the meteor? What? Yeah, he's got a meteor, you know. <laughs> and then they send a meteor, and it's hilarious because what it does is it hits, and it causes a big old blasty shocky wave, and then it just leaves behind smoldering wreckage, which is like, no, I'm pretty sure the meteor that hit the dinosaurs, you know left a hole the size of New Mexico that is now the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, or something. It, hit, it did that sort of thing somewhere. But but in, in this case, it just causes a fire for like a couple of seconds. And then he get, gets time to bury these five gem things. Well, that was beforehand. No, it was after the meteor hits. Oh, we're going to have a disagreement, oh, sir. Oh, we are disagreeing, oh, sir. Oh, pistols at dawn. Because <clears throat> he, he buries it, and then Rita Repulsa shows up and is like, Man, I'm going to get that crystal, man. She wants the Zeo crystal. And then he's like, too bad, bitch. And yeah. then a meteor hits. <laughs> sure. I'll, we'll go with that. So there's, there's he's got these five Power Ranger gem disc things, which are incongruously referred to as coins throughout the course of the movie. Yeah, they keep calling them coins, but it basically just looks like if you put some colored sheets in between rock. Yeah. They don't look like coins at all. They look like translucent glowing cookies. Yeah, it's just we've got some rock as a ring around like like the gel the, lights. Yeah, you I was going to say the color film over lights. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what you have. You have five of those. But uh, don't worry, everyone knows their coins. That's good. And then it's also revealed very early on that Rita Repulsa has her own one and it's green. Yeah. She's the green evil ranger in this movie. Oh boy. So, and who's playing her? She's someone famous. Uh yeah, that's uh it's uh Elizabeth Banks. Banks. There you go. Elizabeth Banks, uh, Avery from 30 Rock joins us in this movie uh, as Rita Repulsa for some reason. Yep. Uh, and man, she gets to ham it up and good for her. Yeah. She hams up real good. She hams it up with the best of them. She has gross stuff on her face. Yeah. She has weird things in her teeth. I'm going to go ahead and say she was one of the better parts of this because she felt like she was being in a power Rangers movie. Yeah. Everyone else is like, 
I'm a badass and I don't like you and I I want to do my own thing. But she was just like, I need gold. Yeah, they kind of gave her the prospector from the first episode of DuckTales. <laughs> like meets a, meets an evil witch like vibe. She didn't really Rita Repulsa, let's let's from the original show, Rita Repulsa was basically like if the chairman from Iron Chef was a lady. <laughs> she was just walking around going, I hate Power Rangers. And then she like eats a big bite of a bell pepper. <laughs> Ikozal, she says. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how she dressed. She dressed like if Liberace was an old Asian lady. Yeah. And and it was uh she was great. She was like a big campy doof. In this movie, Rita Repulsa is dressed in a green armor plate thing that leaves a lot of one of her thighs exposed. Yeah, just weird plating and some like Little seven of nine bits and yeah, she's got some facey chunks and 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 some uh, she's got some bling up on her grill. Yep, and it turns out she has gold control. That's her superpower. Huh. The ability, the telekinetic manipulation of gold. All about that gold. That gold, gold. Man, that reference to the first three episodes of Ducktales is falling on deaf ears, my friend. <laughs> If there's ever a show that you and I should do, it's a episode by episode review of DuckTales. <laughs> that's that's definitely I no, I don't think there's anyone else who would be ready to do it with me because no. I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm so ready. I know, I know everything about it. I, I can tell you where the rises and the falls and who were the good characters and who were the bad ones. I can tell you what happened before and after we got Bubba. I was gonna say there's a post and and, and pre Bubba Gu- uh, Duck Empire. <laughs> Bubba Duck. And uh, also, I'd say that Bubba Duck, as terrible as he was as a character, was a boon to the show because it meant less Goofus episodes. That is true. Yeah. And uh, there was an episode where Goofus got superpowers, and it was the worst. Yeah. So, anyway, that's what we'd want to talk about instead of Power Rangers. Here we go. Just some DuckTales. Have you seen the commercial for the new DuckTales? Of course I have. Oh, my. It doesn't look half bad. No, man. It looks pretty good. Great voice acting. I love that David Tennant doesn't even have to do that. That's like what he sounds like when he's on late night television shows. Yeah. When he's not like doing an accent for something else. Exactly. And I'm like, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. So so I'm really excited to see that. That's going to be fun times. Anyway. uh, So that's Rita Repulsa. Then we cut, like I said, to the putting a cow in a locker room. But, oh, no, the police show up. And then my favorite part of this entire movie is uh, Jason attempting to escape the police in his yeah, truck. The getaway chase the in get- his truck. is very well and interestingly filmed. It's a really cool scene. They, they have a, a centrally mounted camera point, And what they do is they have the camera constantly rotating 360 degrees fairly slowly. And every time it cuts around to the front or back of the vehicle, there's important action happening at that point. Yeah, you're looking around, and, you know, there's uh, police chasing him. Then you look to the front, and he's got to dodge out of the way of something. It swings around back to the back, and it turns out the police are diving down the wrong alleyway, back to the front. Oh, my gosh, he's hitting a car that's pulling out of a driveway around to the back. And it just keeps going like that, and it's a slow, steady motion that the camera's going on, which is really well done. Yeah, it's, it's odd because it's a really interesting stylized way of shooting this scene mm-hmm. which you know you're not going to see anything like this again no it's like they brought in guy ritchie for a scene uh, they were just like oh yeah we need the scene where like our main character fucks his leg up yeah to be really interesting looking and then that's it yeah so that scene is really cool and and far and away my favorite camera work in the film but he gets caught and then he gets yelled at by his dad who i, I know i've seen him in things uh, I mean, honestly, he looks like Al Borland. <laughs> He's not Al Borland, uh, but he is in a lot of other shows. I'm, I'm fairly certain he was on Battlestar. Nah. No, I think he's the. I think he's the the chief. No, it? he is not. 
You don't think he's not the chief? No, he is definitely not the chief. Okay, well, he looks like the chief. <laughs> he looks like the chief having lost a little weight and grown a beard. Yeah, and being a different person. <laughs> yeah. If the chief was the chief, but also was in this movie, he would look <laughs> like that. Yeah, if he looked nothing like the chief and had a beard. We're talking about the same guy. The chief is the one who's got the girlfriend that turns out to be a Cylon. Yes. Okay, just making we sure are. you don't think I'm talking about like Saul Tai or something. No, no. Because I haven't really watched, I don't really like Battlestar all that much. I've oh, watched all sad. of it. I've watched it. Boy, it's it, it that's a that's the classic definition of a show you should stop watching at a certain point. Yeah. You just go at the end of season, I want to say one or two, and you're just done. You're just like, yeah, I, I'm good. I think it was like the 2.5 break. Basically, the moment they cut back and everyone settled in on some planet because it's cheaper to film in tents, I'm done. I'm like, I don't care about this planet nonsense. Also, why is that one fucking crazy guy in power again? Why do you keep doing that? Uh, yep. Hard pass at that point. Lol. So, moving on. Uh, then then we get introduced to, well, he has to go to detention, of course. He has to go to a weekly after-school Saturday detention. That yeah, does he has our, to go to breakfast club. Does our Jason. And so he walks in, and we get introduced to two more rangers. Yeah, we've got Billy the Blue Ranger, and he is uh, an autistic black kid. Now, I want to say before people start sending us letters that uh, I, I, I am definitely guilty of constantly using the term autistic to just mean a little off, and I've been trying to control that. This character is autistic. Like, he says he is autistic. That is the whole character trait of him. Yeah, well, actually, so, he says he's, he says on, the he's on the spectrum, yeah. which is going to be... A thing that this movie does, which is it dances around saying anything for any of the characters. Yeah, but they're very they're much closer with him than they are with the other one, which we'll get to soon. Yes. So with him, he he's definitely they they gave him a lot of different sort of uh, char- character traits that look like different little mental quirks. Yeah, just little ticks. Uh, he's arranging pencils. He doesn't like to be touched. Yeah, he's. Doesn't get humor. He's constantly talking to himself. But he is one. He he is very aware. So he tells people all about all this stuff when oh, he yeah. meets them. He's like, I'm on the spectrum. Uh, if you tell jokes, just know I'm not going to get them. Uh, incidentally, let me tell you all about my dad. Yeah. So he's he's definitely he's an interesting character and fairly well acted. Yeah, I would say I, I like the Blue Ranger pretty much the most of all the Rangers. Yeah. So uh, so Blue Ranger, he's in there. He's getting menaced by a bully for. No interesting reason. Yeah, just because we needed a bully, and Jason shows up and slaps him. Yep, which is amusing. Yeah, that that was fine. He just slaps the bully. And he's like, "Look, you leave him alone. You leave me alone. We're gonna be fine." Yeah, and the bully's like, "Did you actually just open hand to slap me?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I guess I did." Weird, huh? So that was uh, that was kind of an interesting little scene. Uh, and then we also get to meet the the Pink Ranger. Yep, we got Kimberly here and. She then immediately gets a text and goes to the woman's bathroom, and there's apparently someone she has wronged there. Uh, yes, there's a couple people she has wronged. Uh, she punched out her her boyfriend's tooth, as the as the two cheerleaders in there tell her, and then they're mad at her because of some text message and some probably naked picture of a girl on a phone. Yeah, again, we don't know what it is. It's just she sent a picture of someone to someone else. And uh, that's it. That's what we get. So everyone has issues, but I think the only one that gets spelled out is the Black Rangers. And that's it. Oh, uh, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, we we get that uh, Blue Ranger Billy is on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I mean... We don't know what Jason's deal is, even at the end of the movie. Oh, he's just he's just mopey. Yeah, he's like, oh, Dad, you'll never understand me. Ugh. Yeah, he's just sort of sort of a dump. 
but Pink Ranger is her whole problem is that she is a jerk and she's trying not to be. Um, yeah. And it's which incidentally means that she's the character I identify most with. Huh. Because that's a big problem I have. <laughs> but uh. anyway, we get a scene of her being threatened by some cheerleaders with a pair of scissors and a, and a friggin' p- picture. She takes the scissors and you, I straight up thought they were going to do a cutting scene. Huh. Because she was standing there with scissors and both of her hands were off screen and staring at herself in a mirror. But instead, she does the rebellious self-haircut scene. Yeah, and then, of My- course, when she comes back into detention, everyone's like, whoa! Ow! You know, like she's entering an 80s studio audience. But in, but it doesn't look all that different. She switched from be- just slightly below shoulder length hair to shoulder length hair. Yeah, she went from, you know, medium sort of length hair to, to the shoulders, and you're like... All right, great. Yeah, it's not like she came in there with the erasure period Annie Lennox haircut. No, she, she didn't, like, cut the hair off and have, like, oh, I'm going full punk. Yeah, if she came in looking like Gozer, I would have been impressed. <laughs> but no. You know, just, full leotard. <laughs> full leotard, bubble stuff all over her. Yeah. Fish netting for some reason, and her hair dyed blonde all of a sudden, and in a cool punk haircut that makes her look like David Byrne, then yeah, that would have been fine. Yeah. But but instead she's uh, she just cut her hair a little shorter and everyone's like ooh rebel oh my god so anyway that's all the Rangers that are in detention yep um, so we have a little scene after of- detention Billy is gonna want to go to the mining the gold mine the gold in the mine town. rock quarry which is might might as well be this movie is a bottle episode set in this quarry because Lord knows we don't leave it very often yeah the weird thing for me is. I still don't understand why Billy needed Jason to do this. Because he can't drive, I think, is, is the, the but thing. But he drives. like well, Yeah, but he doesn't want to. He was forced into driving. Yeah. So he, he's going outside of his comfort zone to drive. So basically, Billy kind of catches up to Jason and is like, hey, help me. And Jason's like, oh, dude, I am pleased to have met you. We are going to be friends and everything. That's very true. I have an ankle bracelet because of a crime I recently committed. Yeah, I'm I under house arrest, I so I cannot no. hang out with you. And he's like, well, I can hack your ankle bracelet. Yeah, I'll hack the Gibson of your ankle. So that, so he's like, okay, well, that's crazy, but, you know, goodbye. So he heads home. Gets His parents are yelling about him at the house, and he decides to go visit Billy. Yep. And, uh, and Billy he, sure does do some stuff. Billy's got science <laughs> nerd basement, basically. He's got a... All, all kinds of crazy tools and, and random junk and five computers next to each other. Yeah. He, he's just got he's just got bog standard generic nerd uh, Hollywood room. The weird thing for me is he's like, oh, I've got this Faraday cage I'm going to put around your ankle so that signals don't go out. And I'm like, what's it? What are you? You didn't even do anything that made it start going off. Well, no, the thing's constantly sending signals off. That's the whole point of a, of an ankle bracelet. It's yeah, like, but if it was like, oh, we got a signal that he was at some house, and then it stopped giving a signal, Yeah, well, and now it looks like he's back at his house. Fair We're enough. Like, oh, that's not suspicious. Anyway, he hacks the little chip inside of the ankle bracelet. One wonders where he's seen one before. Yeah, or how he knows how to hack that specific chip, but whatever. It's fine. Because it, he just puts it in like a flash drive and then puts that flash drive into a computer and is like, and we're done. And we're, there we go. Uh, that's I needed to tell you that story about my dad while we were freaking out about the time. Yeah. Uh, and then he convinces Jason to borrow a van and drive Billy to a rock quarry. And at this point, we're going to finally get our chance to... Oh, we, we learned that... that 
uh, Billy and his dad, back before his dad passed away, Billy and his dad would come to this rock quarry and they'd look for stuff and they would get to keep the stuff they found. Yeah, so he's going to go look for stuff and Jason's like, "All I, the only reason I did this was to get a van for a couple hours, so goodbye. Yeah, so he leaves, but <sighs> instead of leaving immediately, he hears music in the woods. Oh boy. And so he heads off where he finds uh, Kimberly... Uh, for some reason, in a bikini late at night doing backflips off a cliff into a lake. Yeah, backflipping into a lake, and he's like, oh, oh my. Which is like, where are these? I'm still trying to piece together where Angel Grove is exactly. Because there's a huge train line running through it. There's cliff cave lakes. There's uh, it, They're on the ocean. They're definitely on the ocean because Jason's dad is a, is a deep sea fisherman. Yep. It's, it's a very confusing location. Yeah, they have a harbor and a mine. And it's sort of weird. I don't well, quite place it. A lot of it's very pastoral, and there's large cargo trains running through it. I would say it's East Coast. I would, Yeah, it's either East Coast or it's like Marin County, California type stuff. Just the architecture feels very East Coast to like, me, though. I could almost buy it's around Salinas, eh. but but it's too mountainous. Yeah. So, it's yeah, it's probably East Coast, but we're like, this place doesn't make any sense. That's a- fine. Angel Grove is nonsense. Well, yeah, because, I mean, back in the day, Angel Grove was just like Southern California. Oh, yeah, Angel Grove used to basically be Riverdale. Yeah. It had a malt <laughs> shop and a place where putties could go. Yeah, it was, there was some hangout for teens that was like, you can get a burger. Also, there's gymnastic equipment here. And you're like, what? Yeah, you know, you got to have some gymnastic, uh, gymnastic equipment. You need a place for Bulk and Skull to fall down. Yeah, so it's that, it, made, it, all, it all made perfect sense. So but anyway, then we get our our last two. We see Zach, who is on an abandoned train car up yeah. on a hill somewhere. So just just to keep the the racial equivalence, they've made the Blue Ranger into a black uh, black kid and the Black Ranger into an Asian kid. Yeah, yeah. And so he, Zach's an Asian dude. He is up on a train car and he gets some binoculars and he sees a chick doing like. Kung Fu moves. Extremely basic Tai Chi poses. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's that girl again. It's Crazy Girl. And Crazy Girl is, of course, Trini, our, our yellow character. ranger. Yeah. Whose, de- whose character development is that they forgot to give her one. Yeah. it. She's the only one that we really, outside of Jason, get to see the family of. Yeah. Well, we get to see Zach's family because he just has the mom. <clears throat> yeah. So, so there's a thing. And I... Yeah, so uh, so she has a family, but her whole thing is that she doesn't really want to be there. Uh, like, the the moment that they all get power, she's like, all right, I'm leaving. Yeah, she's like, I don't want any part of this. Goodbye, everybody. And when, every time they catch her and they're like, hey, let's, oh, we just learned a new thing about our power. She's like, oh, okay, so can I leave? Yeah. It's, uh, it's weird to me because the general idea of her character is supposed to be, I'm rebellious, probably queer in some way mm-hmm. and i like hate my parents for wanting me to be normal and i want to be who i want to be and she meets four other teens that are, attitude. Like, that are like oh man we hate normal stuff and we want to go do cool things and we're weird and she's like oh but i don't want to hang out with you i think she's probably supposed to be like oh i've had bad experiences even when i try to make friends before like, like, oh, everyone always turns on me or betrays me, and they always think I'm too weird for them, even if they're the weird kids. But, I mean, for now, all she is is a creepy person standing on a rock. Yeah. Uh, so, Billy blows up a chunk of the mine. Yeah. And there's a big glass sheet behind it, 
and all of the teens show up there at the same time. Well, yeah, because there was an explosion. Yeah, and so after the glass sheet falls away and crumbles into dust and everyone gets caught in a rock slide but is fine, they look inside the glass and there's five glowing coins. Yeah, coins. Coins like co- look like uh, glass cookies. <laughs> so they, they hack them out of the wall and everyone gets one. And then the alarm goes off because the mine is actually a restricted area where you shouldn't be fucking blasting. Yeah, so they escape in a van and all of them end up in the same vehicle eventually after driving around and doing some fun stunt driving. Yeah, we get another running away from authority figures with Jason trying to drive away from things and then he gives it to Billy so that he can get Trini and Kimberly in there. And yeah, and then eventually Zach jumps onto the roof from a cliff nearby. Yep. Uh, it, at that point, they successfully... Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. They try to outrun a train and get hit by the train in the car. Yes, they are hit by a train. The van goes flying. Yeah, like hundreds of yards. The van just goes flipping down a cliff. And we get our first of, I want to say, three scenes in the movie of... of uh, j- z- Jason waking up in his bed unharmed and unaware of what just happened. Yes. I think there's three of those. Jason and everyone else just sort of wakes up and is like, huh, that's weird. I'm alive. I don't remember getting home. I don't know what happened, but I'm home and I'm alive. And then they all realize they have superpowers in different ways. I mean, I'm sorry. By they all, I mean Kimberly, Jason, and and Billy all realize they have superpowers. And then later on, Trini and Zach will show up to confirm (coughs) that they also had the same experience in a line. Yes. Because we don't have time to film all five of them, so we could probably just leave those Asian kids. Don't, don't worry about them. Uh, so we get what you'd expect, which is uh, these five, these three kids realize they have superpowers. They accidentally tear up their bathrooms. They jump too far. Uh, the, bully, the bully who got slapped in the first uh, time in detention shows up to actually try to break Billy's wrist, which he just can't do. And eventually he headbutts himself unconscious on Billy. Yeah. Uh, so that's just the sort of thing that's happening is they, they all realize they have superpowers and they decide that the only way that they can figure this out is to go right back to that quarry again. Well, yeah. So I mean, do. I would figure that because all of them are also like those weird coins were in my pocket when I woke up. Yeah, but they have the coins already and they have superpowers. I won't feel like I would necessarily be place tied at this point. I think I'd be spending more time trying to figure out the limits of my cool superpowers. Well, yes, but that's if you weren't a teenager with attitude. That's true. I am not a teenager with attitude. I am a big, fat old man with a hamburger. Yeah, but if I woke up and I was like, dude, I am swole now, I would be like, sweet, I am not looking this gift horse in the mouth. Yeah, well, I I wouldn't look the gift horse in the mouth, but I would go play with it. I'd go play with that toy. I'd be like, all right, how far up can I jump? Because the first thing these guys do is see if they can jump over a huge chasm. And I'm like, you know, you could also just see if you could jump over a huge football field. Huh. that's a thing that's another thing you could try where you don't fall in a chasm if you're wrong huh. but but anyway they all jump over a chasm and and then one of them falls in the chasm and wouldn't you know it there's cool water down there yep and uh then they find a weird entrance to a weird cave where Which there's is, a spaceship this is a weird thing right here because they fall into water and then they swim down and they realize that the water is one of them double waters that you see sometimes in fiction where there's a, you know, a bottom layer of water that you can swim down through to come back into air. Yeah. And it's like, how's that there? What is that? That's just magic water that's held in place by. The, yeah, by the ma- by the uh, the alien ship. The that's nearby underneath alien it. spaceship <laughs> flips water into inverse por- portions, like bridge portions. Yeah. Why? What's it? What is that? There's no explanation for that given at any point. There's just cool double water cave. Well, that's. That's going to be a lot of stuff. I mean, 
the the spaceship that's here, the meteor that gets called down by Zordon, yeah, all the shit that has to do with the Rangers and the Zords doesn't really get explained. Yeah, well, I mean, they they basically explain, oh, we're superheroes from space, and we fight, <laughs> we we fight to protect space or whatever the fuck. But they're meanwhile they're like, also our spaceship has special control, gravity control over water when it's in atmosphere. Yeah, why? It's a spaceship. It's designed to be in space. So anyway, they they explore this dumb spaceship for a little bit, and then Alpha Five shows up, and it turns out he is quite dangerous. Yeah, he's a weird little robot that slaps him around a little. Yeah, he's got extendo <laughs> arms and. He he's basically very very tough, and they they're all scared of him because they're like, oh my god, an alien, an alien, and he's like, hello, Power Rangers, oh my gosh, look at you, you're all so young, oh this is fantastic, I am excited, yay! And then he introduces them eventually to Zordon. Yep. Uh, and and Zordon is Brian Cranston's face in one of those kind of pin wall uh, walls. Yeah, you know those things that you find where you put your hand in the pins and it makes a little imprint of your hand. That's Zordon. Yeah, it's been used for mapping technology in a bunch of other movies. I think they used it for the mapping in uh, some of the X-Men films. Like yeah. They, they do the, oh, it's a flat bed of pins, and then they rise up and create a little Statue of Liberty. Yeah. So that's that's uh, Brian Cranston's face for the rest of this movie. Yep. Uh, and he's like, I needed five peop- uh, new rangers, and it, I needed them to be, the, the, the coins always choose people who have the right attitude. So we get that, you know, the, the reference. Yeah. Um, he's like, what the hell? You look so young. You're children. And he's like, and then the robot's like, no, sir. They're adolescents. They're teenagers. Teenagers, sir. Uh, teenagers are like somewhere between infants and adults. Yeah. So we get, uh, and he immediately is like, great, this is perfect. Let's get you guys up on this platform thing around this like CGI nebula. and see. If I need can- you to open up this morphing matrix. Yeah. You got to morph the morphing matrix and then I can be alive again. Yeah. The... The weird thing for me is how very nonchalant all of them are about this. They're like, oh, no, it's an alien thing. And then as soon as he's like, dude, you guys are superheroes. Someone's going to try and blow up your town. And they're like, oh, well, fuck you. I'm going to go back to my shitty life. Trini in particular is just like, so I'm in charge of this place then because I'm a ranger? Yes. So if I leave, I can just leave? Yes. Okay, bye. Yeah. I'm like, really? You found an alien spaceship and have superpowers, and your response is, "Well, I'm just gonna go by." Yeah, you know, I got PlayStation. To, I, I I got I got shit to do. I gotta go home to my family that I don't really like anyway. So, well, uh, so her response to the whole thing is the worst because she goes home and she's like, "I have superpowers, and I'm basically Iron Man," and and her mom's some I, her mom gets a two minute scene in this movie, and that's it. Yep. And in that two minutes, she manages to convey the craziest character concept. I've, like someone who who uh, can't go more than a second without yelling at her daughter for not being normal. Yes, is is her whole character concept? She's, she's like, "What did you do today? Where did you go? Why do you never answer my questions?" And she's like, "Uh, hi, mom." And her dad rightly points out, "Hey, you just asked her like four questions in a row and didn't give her a chance to say anything." Yeah, the both of her parents are people that I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Like her mom, I definitely know from several things, like Eureka and whatever. Yeah. Uh, the dad's been in stuff, but they're both just like, oh, you need to tell us about stuff, do things, whatever. And then as soon as she's like, yeah, we found a spaceship and I'm a superhero. Then her mom's like, you need to pee in this cup. Why didn't she have a pee cup ready? <sighs> yeah. Like, she must be a nurse or ready. something. Was that like, was that what we established that she works at one of those little drug testing labs that aren't quite doctor's offices? No one knows. We don't, we don't know. She just happened to have a pee cup at the ready. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's Trini for you. 
so it turns out that none of them are, are together enough to get to Morphin. They can't morph into their outfits. So get ready for the, a long, boring stretch of this movie where they don't do, they don't do Power Ranger stuff. Most of this is good. It's basically going to be taken up with montage scenes of them getting beat up in the pit by putties like holographic versions of the putties and the putties in this movie are big rock monsters with variable numbers of arms and legs they actually as far as harmless useless faceless villain or villains that uh, heroes get to beat up they're kind of cool looking because of the variable arms and legs thing yeah like you know we've seen these guys in everything from the chitari warriors to the sakar warriors from guardians of the galaxy those, those weird alien eye things yeah, from, from uh, uh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. You've always got to have, like, what are these? These are faceless villains that you can punch through so that you have a scene where you clear them out. Yeah, and also, you know, most of the time we're going to have robots or they're made of some weird thing. So it doesn't matter if you kill them? Yeah, so you can kill them, break them apart, do whatever. So in this case, they're rock monsters, but the fact that they have, like, some of them have, like, three legs or five arms or something. And the neat thing is when she makes them... Later, like in the town, they'll have like signs poking out of them and stuff like that. Yeah, so you're like, oh, okay. As far as that goes, that that trope of here's the mindless horde of goofy, not zombies that you can punch your way through before you get to the real bad guy. They're they're not terrible looking. No, especially when you consider their their humble source material, which is ex- martial arts extras in gray bodysuits. Yes, going <laughs> like like they were actually making that noise. Well. Well, <laughs> that was just let's cut to some old Sentai footage. God, if I was in that costume, though, I would totally be running around going. Come on. Isn't that a great costume for like a Halloween or something? Oh, yeah. Go to a con is just putties. If you had enough friends, if you had like nine or ten friends ready to go and you just put them all in putty costumes and just ran around Comic Con making that noise. Just making that noise and flailing your arms around and yeah, be like. like just, just doing that. That'd be a that'd be a really good time. Yeah, that'd be fun as hell. So anyway, there's an idea for some skinny people to do. There you go. Just not us as, though. Not us, no sir. I could be uh, I could be bulk. Yeah, or I could be bulk. Yeah, and then both of us could be bulk. Exactly. You know, you know that famous duo, bulk and bulk. Yeah, it's bulk and bulk. We could both be bulk. We'd run around being like, "Am I Ethan Suplee? Am I going to be in a bunch of movies later? I don't remember. Huh. Who's the person who got famous out of this? Who was it? I forget." <laughs> So, so yeah, they go through a bunch of boring training sequences. They keep failing to morph. Uh, and then eventually, Zack steals one of the Zords and goes riding around in it. Um, and and uh, when he comes back, everyone's all yelling at him, and he gets in a fight with Jason. Yeah, they get in a little fist fight because they're so angry. And they, they're punching each other with their super punches, but it doesn't matter because they're super tough. Yeah, and then Billy steps in, and he's like, everyone, stop! And... Then, oh my goodness, he has morphed. Oh, look at that unimpressive ranger costume. It's a good thing they've been keeping these from us because they look silly. Those molded plastic lips on those are a little hard to get used to. Nah, I don't care about that. <laughs> but anyway. There's... Well, it's not going to matter considering their faceplate is not going to be on for most oh, of yeah. this. Yeah, they, they get about, uh, I'd say there's about a minute in this movie of faceplate down Power Rangers. That's one big difference between this and the old show is that the old show was, you know, American footage stitched in around old Sentai footage. So there was never once a scene of a ranger in half of his ranger costume. Yeah. Well, I mean, eventually later on you'd get them and they'd be like, okay, we can take the helmet off now because we've been established enough. Yeah. But beforehand it was just, no, you are either one of these actors or footage. Yeah. 
So in this movie, what you get is that the faceplate can fall away, and it immediately does, and there's their faces so they can act. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, the but Billy the can thing morph. is, he morphed, but then he immediately isn't morphed anymore, and they don't know how they did it, and... They decide to have a campfire. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, finally, they're going to morph. And then you're like, nope, you've got about another 15 minutes of bullshit to get through. Yeah, you got another good quarter of an hour of just, oh, let's have a conversation. Let's have yet more Breakfast Club talks. Yeah, we find out that Zach has a dying mom, and that's why he's all weird, because he's like, as soon as my mom goes, I'm not going to have anything. Uh, that's why I like you guys, because it, it, you're giving me a, something to look forward to in the future. He actually has a nice heartfelt moment here. He's yeah, like, Zach is probably my favorite of these, because he's at least somewhat understandable for what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, he's and he, he, he has a nice emotive scene where he's like, you guys don't know this about me, but you've probably wondered why I'm always hanging around out here in a junkyard. It's because I'm afraid to go home, because one of these days I'm going to go home and my mom's going to be dead. Yeah. And uh, and he also yells that his mom is the best. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's a nice little heartfelt moment from him. And then uh, it cuts over to Billy, who says another thing that's that's sort of heartbreaking and well-delivered, which is, you know, my dad died about seven years ago, and I'm worried because I don't really miss him anymore. Yeah. And and he has this moment where he's like, I, I'm worried. I, I can't tell if that's my brain or or if it's normal for me to stop missing my dead father. Yeah. Um, and it, it, so I'm, I'm a little at n- ill at ease because of that. Yeah, and he's like, but he's he says that, you know, uh, you guys have basically taken the place that my father had of, you know, someone I can trust and be around. And you're like, oh, man, this is great. They're going around the circle and everyone's sort of being nice. Trini gets a moment where she's like, I'm always the new kid and I like it that way because... Yeah, she's moved three times in the last three years. This is all very well delivered, and and it's revealed here through the most oblique bullshit method possible that Trini is probably gay, like, possibly by maybe gay, maybe, maybe pan or ace. We don't know. All we know is that, that she goes like, I, and my parents want me to have normal relationships, and uh, that causes Zach to say boyfriend trouble, and then she just looks at him and he goes girlfriend trouble, and then she just looks at him, and then they move on. Yeah, they don't ever actually say anything i'm like man this is the most cowardly way to try and put something that's remotely queer in your movie just, just here, here hollywood i appreciate the attempts i appreciate the baby steps and the but you got to get over it remember just that that whole fucking kerfuffle about one character in that beauty and the beast movie oh yeah lefou they made lefou gay they took the little wimpy bucktooth man from the from the cartoon whose name literally means the fool and they made him the gay character. And how did they make him the gay character? There is a two-second scene in the film where he is dancing with a man during a chorus line presentation. Oh, boy. Done. That is it. That is how you know he's gay. Yeah. Stop it. Put, if you're going to put gay characters in movies, put them in there and have the balls to say it. Yeah. Do anything to make it actually like, oh, yeah. Because there's no point where Trini's like, checks out Kimberly or something. Or does anything that would give you any idea of what's going on with her it's literal lip service yeah and it's funny because there's a lot of people on the other end of this argument who are like don't even bother making her lesbian because it's just complicating the movie and i don't need that i don't need your agenda or whatever and it's like no you need more of the agenda yeah the problem is nothing actually happened yeah this training wheel bullshit is is weak it's weak because then the, the people who make the movie go around saying oh look how inclusive we are we put a gay character in our movie well, we have a character who intimates through a look that she might be gay. Yep. That's all they did. It's just, just 
grow some balls. Yeah. That's uh, all I'm saying. Grow, grow some grow some metaphorical balls. The uh, And then, of course, it gets to Kimberly, and she's like, I don't want to talk. <laughs> Skip me. And then Jason is just like, well, you all know about me. I'm Jason. I'm the football guy. Anyway. Yeah, like, which is uh, like, he's supposed to be the leader. They've, they've had this whole thing where, like, Zordan calls him out and is like, look, you have to lead this team. You have to figure out how you're to You're the Red Ranger. The Red Ranger is in charge. Yeah. You need to get this team together. Figure it out. Work, and he's like, all right, I'll try. I'll try to be the leader of these people. Incidentally, what I'll do is reveal nothing to them and, and don't participate when they try to do stuff. Yeah, it's infuriating to me because, like, we get Kimberly reveals... The whole oh, I sent a picture that I shouldn't have. Well, here's that's to Jason to just Jason. So after we have this heart, this is the, the the racial politics that were driving me nuts in this scene. They all sit around at a campfire and decide to hash it out and, and say all their secrets about each other. And who does the Asian guy? The some kind of looks like maybe Hispanic and Asian trainee and the black kid. Yep. And then the white people are like, no, we're not telling you people shit. But as soon as we're alone together... As soon as the two white people are together alone, they're like, all right, now we'll talk. All right, fine. Let's have our real conversation with the real people. Yeah. I mean, I know that's not the way the movie's putting it forward, but that's the racial politics that come out of it. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So she's like, yeah, I, I'm I'm an asshole. That scene <laughs> earlier in the movie that made it look like I'm a, I'm a victim of bullying, it looked like I was a victim of bullying because teenage girls only have two modes, which is bullying and being bullied. And so they were taking a turn at being the bullies, but I was the actual asshole in that entire scenario. Yeah, the reason it looked like that is because they had legitimate reason to be angry at me. Yes, because she took a picture that had been shared with her in confidence by one of her girlfriends and used it to try and get her broken up with her boyfriend, like that girl's boyfriend. Or something. Or so we, we get the impression that she took a naked picture that she had of a friend of hers and sent it to her friend's boyfriend and was like, is this the kind of person you really want to date? Yeah. Which, like... You know, yes, duh. Yes, obviously. What the hell? Is it, who did you send that to? Where is fucking Angel Grove? You, you had to ah. send it to some kind of Puritan who was like, ah, a picture of a naked teenager? I never. Why, she's showing her ankles in this. Who dares disturb the evening tincture of Balthazar Stonefeld murder a column with this nudity? Ah, <laughs> uh, Elder Zachariah will hear of this. <laughs> Hie thee upon the, the nethers. <laughs> yeah, the... The conversation that then takes place is, okay, I'm an asshole, and I don't think I deserve to be a hero because I'm a jerk, and Jason's like, no, nah, it's cool. As long as you don't want to be a jerk anymore, it's cool. <laughs> he does the actions don't have consequences speech for her. Yeah. It's like, look, as long as right now you feel bad about it and don't want to be a jerk anymore everything's fine i mean he he admittedly says like we'll try and fix it you should apologize to these people she's like i can't just fix this and he's like well then own it own the mistake which is fine but you know the the end result is i don't want to feel like a jerk okay you're not okay then don't all right great well there we go moving on and we still don't know what the fuck is going on with jason because he's just like yeah i uh, uh anyway bye I'm, I'm the leader so he never tells anyone anything which fucking annoys me so much that this whole thing is like jason Jason, white guy, white, white athletic guy, you're the leader. You need to lead these other people, these less than you people. Yeah, I, and also he's supposed to look like the super athletic guy, but he's got too soft of a face for me. If I'm being, if I'm being entirely honest, he's a little soft boy. He's got a little bit of a soft boy thing going on. He kind of looks like if you took Eddie K. Thomas and had him dress up like Truman Capote. <laughs> ah, and. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> John's taking that reference to heart. He knows who both of those people are. That is a that is a weird mental image you've given me. Yeah, but it's All not right. wrong, isn't it? 
it is it because he's got that the curly hair that he's got plastered to the side of his face, so he's uh, head, head, so he's got side curls going on. Like he, his the whole like in profile, he looks like a painting of a wave. He's just not a. He's just like a little soft boy man who doesn't want to tell anyone anything, but he gets to be the leader in the end. Yeah, it doesn't help when you stack him up next to Zach, who is a sculpted golden god of a man. Oh my god, fucking Zach is awesome yeah. and. I honestly feel like basically anyone but Jason would have been a better leader. Yep, I think so. I think Zach would have made a perfectly fine leader. I think Billy would have been fine as a leader. Yeah, Billy would have been fine. I think the only one that wouldn't work is Trini because she legitimately doesn't like talking to people. Yeah. but uh, So anyway, at this point, now that they've all shared all their grievances or whatever, uh, Rita Repulsa, who we've been skipping throughout the course of this... Yeah, she's just been murdering people and taking their gold. and She, she is basically like leprechaun tooing around yeah <laughs> except she's not speaking in, in hilarious rhymes god i wish i wish rita repulsa was just like walking around doing limericks she's like i need your gold there once was a man from madras and you're like what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah so instead she's just sort of beating up homeless people and and, and she does a really great scene where she raids a jewelry store yeah and she just kind of walks in and goes hello I'm interested in a gold. Yeah, like I, like I said, I'm gonna give it to Banks on this. Great job on hamming the fuck up. Yeah, so she's she's pretty great. Um, but she shows up at this point to menace Trini. Yeah, out of nowhere, she's like, I used to I used to be friends with the Yellow Ranger, and I understand that. The, and I the, murdered her. Yeah, so I'm gonna visit you, the new Yellow Ranger. Uh, and and threaten you and say that if you bring me the location of the Zeo crystal, I'll let you live when I kill everyone else in town. Yeah. And we don't actually get the assumed tension from this because the movie's too close to over. Instead, Trini just immediately goes and tells everyone else, and they go to threaten Rita at the place of dead ships. Yeah, so, so just know this the place shipyard. A, this place has a ship graveyard in it, too. So, yeah. again, where are we? It feels like <laughs> Angel Grove is actually like a... Like a one of those, I'm I'm gonna say it's pretty much like south of Monterey. It's like Salinas or something like that, where it's just farms and garbage and 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 uh, breakdown junkyards and and quarries and just stuff. It's just Steinbeck should have written Power Rangers, is what I'm trying to say. The weird thing is, the town is like one of those quaint little towns that's like, oh, this is one of those like Massachusetts little towns near the the ocean. Yeah, well, I'm gonna you get those if you drive around that part of California, though. Like Aptos, for example. This could be Aptos. Uh, uh, but anyway, so she immediately clowns all of them because they don't have their armor. Yeah, they haven't morphed yet, and so she just beats the shit out of all of them. And, and then, then she- <laughs> like, is threatening them to get the location of the Zeo Crystal. And earlier we found out that Billy was smart enough to figure out where it is. Yeah, by looking at a CGI cloud. He had that all figured out. Well, he, like, has one of those conspiracy theory rooms yeah, where he's just got, fields. like, a bunch of pieces of paper and strings, and he's like, oh, I, I know where it is. That was actually another one of my favorite shots in this, is because he is so uh, strong and also so obsessed with this that he's managed to take his strings and pin thing all the way onto the ceiling, and she, he holds himself on the ceiling by, by means of a bar up there by his feet. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, I'm just working up here because this is where the thing led me, and I'm crazy super strong, so just holding myself to the ceiling isn't really a big deal. Yeah, not an issue. So it's that fine. Was, that was kind of fun. That's the sort of thing that I wish Spider-Man would do more often in his movies is just randomly do shit on the ceiling because fuck it, he's Spider-Man. Yeah, fuck it. I don't care. Yeah. The this, this ceiling's a good, as good a place as any. 
So she threatens to kill Zach and starts like draining his life force. And Billy caves and is like, I'll tell you where it is. And it's at Krispy Kreme. Get ready oh, for lots of references to that. Fuck me in the ass. I was so annoyed. Now, at first, I was like, oh, that's kind of a funny joke. Because they're like, where, where is the Zeo crystal? And he's like, it's at the Krispy Kreme. He's like, the Krispy Kreme? And I'm like, oh, okay, that's, that's kind of funny. You've got a weird villain that doesn't understand modern society asking about Krispy Kreme. And you're like, okay, I get it. I can't, I can't get the image of her as the leprechaun out of my head now. Oh, the Krispy Kreme? I'll find me gold at the Krispy Kreme. Ah, oh, and then George stupid planet I'll ream. But the problem is, it is then product placement o'clock as soon as that happens because there is non-stop reference to Krispy Kreme. Fucking Rita goes into one and eats a donut. Yeah, we get a shot of her sitting there in her sexy uh, with her sexy thigh side facing us. So she cuz her outfit is half full on armor, half green bikini. Yeah. So she we get a shot of Elizabeth Banks sitting there in what is effectively a dirty green bikini eating Krispy Kreme with her like super blade nails. Yep. Which is like, what? What is she? Come on. There was actually a scene earlier when they were doing the montage training thing where uh, it was a neat looking scene, but it was Trini and Kimberly in a Krispy Kreme fighting over a fighting donut. over a piece of donut on a fork. And I was like, who the fuck is eating a donut with a fork? You get the fuck out of here. Right. Well, they're doing that that take stuff out of the other person's hand martial arts <laughs> training thing. Yeah. And, and like, fighting. I'm going to flip around and throw forks and then grab a fork and then do a thing with a fork. I'll tell you, that's some very powerful stuff they're doing because the average Krispy Kreme donut would disintegrate under the slightest amount of any kind of pressure. Ah. I live right across the street from one of those places and they can go to hell. You give me a donut place that's just called Donut. That's <laughs> that's a good donut place. You give me Mr. Donut. Yeah, TK Donut. What's in here? Donuts. It's Donut. We got We got one crappy bagel if you want that. We got old school orange juice. And we've got that a machine that makes taro smoothies, but otherwise donut, donut. We got every kind of donut, not Krispy Kreme where you've got fifteen kinds of the same donut. Lol. So anyway, hard pass on Krispy Kreme. If this place, if this movie has just been a product placement for some local donut store, that would have been really good. Yeah, that would have been great. But no, it's <laughs> we're a open till three in the Krispy morning Kreme. for some reason. Donut. Donut. Do you want to come in at any point in time and get a donut? Someone's going to wake up in the back and get you a donut. <laughs> there is going to be some old Asian man who will walk out and be like, yeah, here's a donut. Here's that donut. And you're going to be like, this is the best donut. And he's like, I know. Goodbye. Goodbye. Also, here's a bunch of donut holes. <laughs> I love places. That are just TK Donut. That's the best. Uh. So anyway, uh, God damn it. At this point, they get so mad because she kills <clears throat> Billy. Yeah. She's like, well, I should probably kill one of you. And instead of killing all of them, she's like, I'll just kill one of you, and kills Billy. By drowning him for five seconds? Well, I think she also zaps him with super energy or something. So he, so he's, he's killed. He's, he's very killed. They try to wake him up by looking at him and establishing that he is probably dead. Yeah, they kind of shake him a little, and then they're yeah. like, no, he's dead. We've tried nothing, and we're all out of ideas. <laughs> so at that point, they, they haul him all the way to the rock quarry. Uh, take him down into the hallway, I guess just to sort of show Zordon. And be like, like, Zordon, do something about look, this. Zordon, look, we brought you, this is this is a gift from America. It is known as a dead kid. <laughs> These are, uh, it's a highly ceremonial thing. Here's look, a, this is a thing we have a lot of in America. It's a dead black kid. Oh. <laughs> Killed by a white person. Oh, no. So 
Zordon is like, oh, great. Well, good job, guys. Great work. You, you, you got a kid killed. Good job. You did it, you fucking morons. You, we hate you. I hate you guys so much. Man, Zordon is so aggressively mean in this. Yeah, he really is. Um, it's because he wants them to morph, and the only reason he cares about them morphing is because, for some reason, if they all morph, it opens the morphing grid, and he can be alive again. Yeah, because uh, Alpha 5 put his essence into the Matrix to keep him alive, mm -hmm. and so he's like, oh, I can use the like morphing Matrix to make a new me. That's why you can't share your golden <laughs> essence with women, dude. No. No, they don't deserve that shit. This no. has been your gross corner of the internet with Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, that's when all of them realize that they love each other and they would, like, die for each other now for some reason. And that morphs them, and then Billy also gets to become alive. Well, that's, it's like, oh, we opened the morphing matrix because we give a shit about each other. And then Zordon disappears and then comes back and he's like, oh, I can only bring one of you. And then Billy coughs up water and he's like, I'm fine now. I'm okay. And the funny thing is that Zordon would have totally... Uh, given up on Billy and come back to life himself if he could, but he can't because there can only be one Red Ranger alive at a time. Well, he was like, look, Jason, there's only one Red Ranger, and it's you now, so you need to lead this team. I would have fucking killed you if I could, but I can't. Hey, uh, come, come near this giant wall of pins. I'm going to see if I can bludgeon you to death with my face. Uh, hey, come here, come here. I'm going to uh, kill you uh, and be the Red Ranger. Uh, 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 <laughs> but, uh, but he can't do that, so instead we get our five Rangers, they get their armor, and then they jump outside to have one little fight with some putties Yeah, they, uh, before they get into the Zords. Yeah, that is the most disappointing thing. Is At this point, it's the first time where everyone gets into their armor, and it is the end of the movie. Yeah, we're, we're like minute 80 of a 95-minute movie, and they jump out in their armor, their uh, Power Ranger-y armor, which doesn't look like Power Rangers. It, Power Rangers is supposed to have a lot of white in that armor, right? There's just like white and red checkers well, and shit. Well, now the, they still have like the diamond, but it's a weird like star pattern. It's got like a, an actual nebula down in there. Yeah. And, and so they jump out and they martial arts a bunch of buddies. Yeah, we get one fight scene. Yeah. We get then uh, they're fighting and then fucking Zack comes in in the Zord and he's like, look guys, a Zord. So they all have Zords and they jump in the Zords <laughs> and they go running off to fight Goldar, because while all this has been happening, after uh, Rita kills Billy off, she goes she, to the gold mine and creates a giant monster out of all of the gold, and all of the gold happens to be, like, four times as much gold as exists in the world. Well, this, it's interesting to think about, because, you know, almost everyone you know has a little piece of gold somewhere in their house, right? But there, it's not actually all that pure of gold, and it's usually very thin. There's not that much gold on Earth. As much as there's not as much as you think, because movies and so on have given us the impression that there are like whole cities made of gold that are just buried in caves. Oh and yeah, stuff. or it's like, oh, here's Fort Knox, and it's like a giant warehouse full of gold. And it is. There's a lot of gold in there, but there's not as much gold in the world as you think there is. So Goldar is clearly made of more gold than there is in the world. Well, I mean, at this point, I look at it and just go, whatever. It He's fucking matter. gold and molten rock. He's a giant gold monster. Who cares? Whatever. He certainly is better than Goldar was, because Goldar was just one of the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz with battle armor. Yeah, that is basically it. He was like a flying bear monkey with gold armor, and you're like, okay, Goldar, sure, sure whatever. So, turning him into a winged gold statue is fine with me. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, so, the, Goldar is stomping towards town, and then he is attacked in the middle of town by Zords. Yep. And uh, the only one the, Zords. the only one that we really get, like, a good look at is the pterodactyl in because Kimberly's. It's in the air. It's... Yeah, because it can fly. So, hers is up in the air, so you get a lot of lot shots of it flying around. 
The rest of them are done in flash cuts. Yeah, it's entirely. like, oh, I'm going around a corner, and you'll see like the side of it go around a corner real quick. So, like, I I only knew what these Zords were because I knew from the old shows. So I was like, all right, Blue gets a Triceratops. I know that. But in this movie, you would be hard-pressed to tell. Like, I would say the easiest one to tell outside of the pterodactyl is the T-Rex. Yeah, the T-Rex is pretty obvious because it's a running around T-Rex. And it looks, it, like, it looks like shit. Oh, it looks like garbage. But at least you see, like, the neck up fight some putties at one point. You're yeah. like, okay, it's a T-Rex So here's, here's what you're actually getting in the Zord fight. 90% of any shot featuring a Zord is going to be the kid sitting in just the cockpit as the camera shakes around. Yep, with so, their face mask up so that they can be seen. Yes, so just cockpit shots over and over and over again, and then occasionally some CGI monsters running around, but they all look ridiculous. Like, the, the, black, the black Zord is unrecognizable for what it's supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, supposed to be a mastodon, but the, uh, the fucking, like, tusks are just straightforward guns instead of curved, and the snout, like what should have been its trunk, is another gun that's just straightforward. Also, it's, so it doesn't look like anything. It just looks like it has three prongs well, in here's, front. Here's the other problem with it: its head is lower to the ground than its shoulders, so it's got kind of a, 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 a hill slope to it. So it, it, for, and it and it's got six legs. So for all the world, it looks like a rust monster. Uh. Like like it's got some tentacles coming out of its face. It's got a long tail that's low to the ground, a head that's low to the ground, and some weird face things sticking out. So it's <clears> it's a rust monster. I didn't see the six legs. I know you keep insisting on that. I am 100% sure it has six legs. You can go ahead and make the claim you want. Someone else will just come out, come around on Twitter and tell you you're wrong later. I'm sure. Yeah. I just never saw six legs for the yeah, thing. Because it was driving me insane. I was, trying, I was like, what the fuck? Is he an ant? What is this thing? Uh, what is this stupid six-legged face prong monster? So, so uh, that, it, it was infuriating to me, and it stuck in my head. Meh. So there you go. Um, and then... Goldar get, beats the shit out of them. Goldar uh, just sort of casually beats them all all up. Uh, I mean, they managed to jump on him a couple of times and so on, but mostly he just swats them away. And then they respond by getting pushed into a big pit where the Zeo crystal is, exploding yeah. a lot, and then just turning into the Megazord. Which, they save a lot of money in this movie by, one, not really showing the Zords too much, and two, the transform into the Megazord happens off-screen in the pit, so that they, the five Zords get pushed in, and then out comes the Megazord, so you don't need to show them morphing. Yes. So what comes out is an unrecognizable gray monster with color highlights on it. Yeah. Um, and it immediately just sort of punks Goldar uh, after they figure out how to make it move. They're like, oh, you're in charge of a leg. I'm in charge of an arm. Okay. What's Jason in charge of? Yelling at us for what to do. Yep. He's, he's got the head. Now, also, he knows that the, the thing has swords. Yeah. So they beat up Goldar, and then they, uh, you know, Rita Repulsa comes out and yells at them for a second, and then she tries to jump at them, and they swat her into space. Yes. Uh, and then they stand up and do a funky dance. Oh, uh, god damn it. While everyone in town is looking at the giant statue of the Zord, it stands up and does a couple of cool hip rotations. It gives us a little belly dance action. And in the crowd, for those in the know, you see... The original pink and green rangers are there. Just in a crowd shot. That's the best thing. Like, it, they couldn't give them a taxi drive. They couldn't give them a speaking role. Nothing. Nope. There's like a line that I think they each get. They're like, oh, wow, look at that. That's amazing. And then they get their cell phones out and take pictures. Yeah. But you're like, oh, hey, look at that. Yeah. So there you go. There's your, your shots of the original Power Rangers in this. 
Otherwise, Brian Cranston came back. So, hey, that's yeah. kind of cool. You got three of them. Yeah, you got three people from the original series in this. Uh, so Rita Repulsa goes flying off into space where she freezes up there and she doesn't have her crystal anymore. Presumably it's so she can land on the moon and start her machinations. Yeah, and find Zed. Oh, yes, yes, to find Zed. I, I barely remember what Zed. Zed's the, the meat man, right? Yeah, he's he's like a brain covered in... He's like Shredder made out of brains. Oh, is that... Oh, I'm thinking of someone else. I think I'm thinking of the villain that followed all of them, which was like just out, like a muscle man. Like he was just made of muscles. Like not not like in a in a bodybuilder way, but like you know, sinew on the outside. Like oh yeah, yeah. No, that's that's him. He was basically Shredder and Crank got combined because he's like weird, wrinkly, red nonsense with a bunch of like the Shredder helmet and metal things. Now here's a fun tidbit for you, John. The uh, the people who made this movie said that this is the first of a six movie arc. What? Yeah. So so I'm pretty sure they will eventually find Zed. I don't think you need to worry about it. Oh boy, I can't wait until we find Ivan Ooze again. <laughs> Ivan Ooze created for the first Power Rangers movie. Yep. Just just a terrible thing. Um, anyway, so we're done. They all go back to their houses. Uh, Everyone's like, yay, I'm cool now. They, and have, they have a scene where Jason goes into the building to, uh, or goes back into the spaceship to put his sword down, which is weird because earlier his sword was just part of his costume that morphs Yeah, he just like flexes and a sword shoots out but then he which um, i'm sad that no one else got their weapon because yeah. we didn't get the pink ranger bow or the black ranger's axe or anything didn't one of them just straight up have a gun ah i can't remember i thought one of them was just like i have a gun that's my thing i'm a gun haver uh i think there was one with a bow staff that might have been yellow i don't know whatever none of them get their weapons but you know six movies man yeah we, we got enough movies to get these weapons we can get to that combination uh pumpkin octopus that wraps yeah in, in one of these movies the pumpkin <laughs> the rapping pumpkin oh the pumpkin so you, you know at this point they go back to their houses and they're like we're gonna We'll be rangers if we're needed, but until then, we're just going to be normal teens. And then, normal, super-powered teens. And now for the extra super-double spoiler alert. Yeah, the mid-credit reveal of uh, there's a new kid in detention, and his his name is Tommy Oliver. And if you know anything about Power Rangers, you know that's who the Green Ranger is. Yeah, the Green Ranger who will someday become the White Ranger. Yep. <sighs> and he has a Godzilla Zord. Yeah. Man, fucking the Dragon Zord, which is just a Godzilla. I was like, dude, come on, man. You can't have a Zord that's just the size of the Megazord as your one Zord. You're that kid on the playground who was the worst. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is definitely. Green Ranger was always that kid on the playground who was the worst. First of all, he's got, I mean, I know this isn't accurate, but he has the aesthetic of late period Steven Seagal, like long, straight black hair and looks like he's into like Native American mysticism. Uh, but then also he's like, also my Zord is as good as all of your Zords. Also, I have a knife and it's also an ocarina. <laughs> His knife flute is one of my favorite things about the old Power Rangers. Knife flute! Knife flute! <laughs> why, do they, why don't they give more people knife flutes in, mo in uh, video games? Right? That seems like the sort of thing that Link should definitely have in some Zelda game or other is You'd a straight up that. knife flute. Like, you know, he has to beat up some rock monster or something, and the rock monster gives him a knife flute. Yeah. Come on, let's get this done. How long do we have to wait? How many how many stupid Nintendo peripherals must come out? <laughs> All of them. How long until I can hold up an actual knife flute and have it control the knife flute I see on screen? <laughs> uh, so there you go. There's Power Rangers. There, there, there <sighs> it is. That's Oh, also, during the scene where the Zords attack Goldar for the first time, we get... Kanye West's power. Oh yeah, there's a. Can we stop with that now? Is is it 
Have we done that enough now? It's like the all-star of 2015 and 2016. I mean, I understand because it has power in it, and basically every song that has the word power in it, like I've Got the Power is in here and all that. They do a very brief snippet of the Go-Go Power Rangers theme. Mm -hmm. They also say the term Go-Go Power Rangers at one point. Yes. uh, Alpha 5 is saddled with... Go! Go, Power Rangers! Yeah, he gets saddled with all of the dumb Power Rangers lines, (sighs) if you remember. Yeah. So he also has to say his famous, ay, ay, ay. Yep. Although he says it in a sad, resigned way. It's like, man, you guys suck. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. These are the... I hate these teenagers. Fucking teenagers, eh? Go. Go, Power Rangers. Get away from me. Get off my lawn. Hate you. Uh, so there we go. There we uh, go. Let's, uh, let's do our best and worsts of the film. Jeff, best thing? Well, I'm going to leave Rita Repulsa for you because we didn't cover her very much during this conversation. And I'll say that I really liked a couple of camera work shots. There were a couple shots that were done with static cameras in wildly moving situations. Like they put a camera on the back of something and then move that thing around. And it was very prettily, prettily shot. So there yeah. were some... There were some neat camera tricks that I thought were actually worth checking out. So that's going to be my favorite thing. Okay. What about you? Uh, you know, like I would say Rita, but I think, I don't know. Like it's a, it's a toss up between that and Zach. Like those were the two best things in this. Yeah. Because Rita was an actual like, this is what your villain should be in a Power Rangers movie villain. Yep. Like over the top super ham. Mm-hmm. But Zach was just... The one person that I'm like, oh, you're a decent guy, and you are oddly on board with everything? Yeah, I mean, granted, I felt like he, he could probably stop calling Trini crazy girl once he figured out what his na- what her name was. Uh, that would have been nice, but but otherwise, a, a very good character. Yeah, I liked Zach. So, but Zach I'm, and, I'll, I'd say Zach and Billy myself. Yeah, both of them, real good. Uh, so, I'll, I'll just, I'll say that. There were a couple decent acting things in this mostly rita and then uh billy and zach were both decent yeah fair enough so worst thing uh it's gonna be the length of time before we actually see a power ranger god yeah yeah i think like i mean granted they're in the very beginning of the movie crawling around and dying because they're aliens but uh the length of time before between when we meet jason and when we see him in a power ranger costume is like an hour Oh, yeah. It's an entire, like, movie's worth of time before we get that. Yeah, imagine if you saw, like, the Iron Man movie, and at no point did he do anything Iron Man related until the last possible second. Yeah, it's it's awful. Even the first Iron Man movie, the very first one where he's not Iron Man at the beginning of it, he's in an Iron Man costume within 25 minutes. Yep. It's, It's one of those things where I'm like, this is a superhero movie, and you've decided... Not to superhero around. Well, it's it's uh it's a superhero movie from like the year two thousand or so, when they were like, well, we got to make superhero movies. We have to make you know uh, Spawn or whatever. But Lord knows we can't show that character. That's expensive. Yeah. So that's uh, that's something this movie suffers from. And what would you say is your least favorite thing? Ah, uh, God, I really want to say the whole Krispy Kreme thing. Oh, the, the product placement. God. You could just say product placement because there's more than Krispy Kreme. There's also a bunch of shots of people eating uh, dirty brand potato chips. I don't remember what the actual brand name is. It's the ones that you can see in sandwich stores that have, uh, like, the Maui onion flavor. Yeah, but at least that wasn't mentioned. No, the Krispy Krispy Kreme is, for the last last half hour of this movie, is mentioned constantly. Also, I think my favorite thing about the Krispy Kreme is that it leads to one of the stupidest decisions in the movie, which is uh, they're all like... What is she doing when when uh, when Rita walks into town and starts making putties and has Goldar stomping around? 
They're like, what is she doing? She's looking for Krispy Kreme. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Trini, you and I are going to attack her. Uh, Kimber, you're going to help attack her from the sky. Meanwhile, Billy and Zach will go to Krispy Kreme and defend it. It's like, well, no, she doesn't know where Krispy Kreme is. If you stay away from it, you buy time. Go guard a different building. Yeah. You idiots. What are you, do- what are you doing? Uh, oh, well. So, anyway, yeah, I can see the product placement being a... There's a for a movie to be brought to you by Krispy Kreme is, is a little much. Yeah, especially one of these movies. I'm like, come on, man. Don't, don't do that. Also, because they make banks say something like, a Krispy Kreme? Is that an artifact of power? You know, that sort of thing. That's that's the sort of shit you expected from the 80s. Like, I would have figured that's the sort of line that Gwildor would say in the He-Man movie. <laughs> yeah, true. Krispy Kreme? I'll play a song about it, I will. I'm a bad excuse for Orko. Ah, so, yeah, I I hated that a lot. The, especially the fact that it shows up at the very end. So it's just distracting from, oh, we finally got the Rangers and the Zords. But now all they can talk about is Krispy Kreme, and it's pissing me off. <laughs> yep. We finally got them in their costumes. Now let's talk about a donut store. Ugh, and fuck not, you. And a not very good one. Let me tell you, I really hate living near a Krispy Kreme because I take Lyft a lot. Yeah. Like whenever I'm coming home from somewhere and I take a Lyft, people, the driver's always like, oh my God, a Krispy Kreme. You live near, you're so lucky. And I'm like, no, I fucking hate it. I can smell that thing from my house. Also, Krispy Kreme is crowded at the weirdest fucking times. Oh yeah. I was driving back from the movie and it was like... 10 o'clock the other night yeah on a on a thursday or something and it was just like packed there was a line in the drive-thru just going out i'm like what the fuck is going on yeah, here uh, it's a night store oh people only get Krispy Kreme at night like everyone it is a, the denny's of donuts it is the denny's of donuts because every once in a while on request because i have co-workers who know i live near it i will bring Krispy Kreme into work with me yeah i don't want it because i don't like it very much but i'll bring it in and when you go through there in the morning for the drive-thru nothing oh yeah it's it's dead empty but it is clear. It's just a night. It's night donuts. That's what it is. Working on my night donuts. All right. So now we're going to give our rating one to five for each of us. Gives us the rating out of ten. Jeff, Power I'll give, Rangers. I'll give this a. I'm going to give this a charitable two and a half. Okay. I think that's about average. It's going to be like a C range movie for me. Like I didn't hate it. Like, you know, when I got out, I was talking to some friends, and they were like, "Oh, you had to see the Power Rangers movie? I'm sorry. How bad was it?" And I was like, "Eh, eh not that bad." I mean, it wasn't as good as the Justice League Unlimited episodes I watched right after it. I was just like, oh, the one where Flash has a museum built in his honor? This is a good episode. Yay! But, you know, it's not like there was any one thing. I was like, I hated this. I hate you, Peter Pan. It's probably because I just watched Fifty Shades Darker. So I'm like, eh, you know, it's got a plot and some characters that aren't stupid. And hey, you know, there's a beginning and a middle and an end. That's, what else do you want from a movie? So a two and a half. There you go. Uh... I'll give it a two and a half as well. It was a mediocre movie that was occasionally enjoyable. Yeah, it was the adventures of Mopey Softboy and his five friends. And if you want to watch another thing, it's just Mopey Softboy and his five friends. Hey, Iron Fist just came out. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I have had enough of White Savior for the moment. So yeah, I'm White, little... White Kung Fu Savior, I'm, I'm done with. Yeah, I'm good. I'm all set. Uh, all right, so there you go. There was Power Rangers. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, of course, if you want to check out all of our other stuff, just go to SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Mm-hmm. You can find all of our back episodes and, of course, our other shows there. Got our nudes there, too, if you're interested in looking at our nudes. Yeah, our clown nudes. Yeah, we got them clown nudes we made. 
So uh, if you want to do that, that's there. Please follow us on Twitter and Facebook, System Mastery on both of those. And Reddit. and Yeah, you can go to the r slash System Mastery. There's a fuck yeah System Mastery Tumblr out there. I was pretty surprised to learn that exists. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. just in case you were curious. Just in case. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you can, if you want to support us, you like what we do, go ahead and go to System Mastery on Patreon, and you can throw us a couple bucks Helps us out, makes it so that we can actually keep doing what we're doing. Keeps us above water. <laughs> That's pretty much what it's for. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we will be back in another couple weeks with another episode of Movie Mastery. But until then, you have a good one.